of Outcast looks a little bit different this week. We're actually over in our counseling office across the street from the church. And I'm here with Jeremiah. Thank you for being with us, Jeremiah. Uh, just a couple of things to set up the discussion here, okay? We are talking about uh, uh, lust. We're talking about uh, pornography today. Uh, and so maybe if uh, people have kids listening uh, or sensitive ears nearby, it might be a good, a good idea, a good time to have them uh, leave the room or choose another time to listen to this week's episode. Uh, but the statistics are alarming. When you look at uh, even inside of the church, at a Christ, in, in, in Christian community, as many as two-thirds of men and many women as well are viewing pornography, they will confess on a regular basis. Uh, this is not only affecting marriages and families, but certainly the personal, emotional life of the men and women who are really in bondage. They're stuck. And so uh, I want to talk about this, this broader issue of not just pornography, but lust. Uh, and so uh, maybe you could, we could start by uh, just, just talking about what is, uh, what is pornography, because it is actually a bigger, uh, a bigger topic than uh, maybe most people might think of when they use that word. Yeah. So what I've run into, um, which can be uh, confusing at times for a lot of guys, because there's this sense of, you know, I'm a sexual person, or maybe I'm just attracted to women, or maybe other men, or, you know, the same for, for gals. Uh, we tend to just put pornography over into a category where it's just sex. And it's something you find on the internet, and it's sex. And there's uh, people consensually engaging it, whatever it may be. Um, the hard part is, like, it goes beyond that. So, like, I've noticed in my life, as the more I've dug into this, um, because pornography is a huge problem in my life, and in a lot of lives of, like you said, two-thirds, was it, about, yeah. for guys in the church, um, that it's more than that, and it starts going into areas like your Instagram posts and your feeds and Facebook, um, my day-to-day -day life. Like, pornography is not just sex, but it's everything around sexuality, interacting, the way I interact with it. Um, and it's funny because I've heard it called uh, the spirit of pornea um, by some who are in this realm where it's it's not just watching people have sex, but it's this like this drive to fulfill a need uh, with something sexual uh, in many cases. And so it's a little bit hard to nail down a definition at that point of like what it is and isn't. But for me, it's been uh, basically using arousing images to cope with my emotions. That's for me. And that's, and that's what it is. Uh, and, and I appreciate you so much here because not only are you somebody who is uh, walking in victory more and more so all of the time, uh, but you're now walking alongside other men. You are uh, leading in community and uh, helping other men to see that it is more than just merely uh sex or biology, yeah. that there is actually a deeper emotional uh, trauma uh, or, or, or injury or pain, something that they're experiencing on an emotional level that they're using pornography or uh, the spirit of pornea, the, the, this kind of greater escape yeah. uh, or, or, or treatment or soothing 
uh, for something much deeper. Uh, maybe you have something more to say about that. Yeah, so um, years back, started having this conviction of like, I need to go deeper and open up about this stuff with people. Um, and I ended up into uh, finding groups of people and communities to try to deal with this. And the current community I'm in right now um, has been super helpful. So we're going in deeper to find the issues of what's going on. Because I've been told all my life that literally it's just because I want sex. Like I'm a guy, I'm a pig, I'm a pervert. Like that's why you want sex. Um, but then I start running into all these other people and start learning about it. And like the way Jesus interacts with people who are, have sexual sin, he doesn't behave like that. He doesn't talk towards them like that. And we started going deeper and find out that, uh, actually almost a hundred percent of the time, I can probably confident to say hundred percent of the time, there's a deeper wound that you're trying to fill or protect like a bandage over the top with pornography. So you have a wound or something broken and there's a hole and you just cover it over the top with porn and sex. And that could literally be as simple as every time I open my Instagram, there's that gal that I've not unfollowed or that guy who I've chosen not to unfollow that always has something sexual on their feed. And like, it gives me a hit and kind of picks me up and helps me get over the hump of the pain of my day. Um, and that's what I've been pushing to do. Like Jesus pushed me towards this. I ended up in a community of guys um, and taking the risk of stepping out to actually open up with the community of guys to handle this. Um, and we have noticed that behind every single set of coping mechanisms, whether it's homosexual desires or heterosexual desires or anything that you might think is 10 times worse than that or not as bad, has a wounding uh, and some deeper brokenness behind it. It's not just it's not just the act of sex. The guys that I talk to, uh, when I when I ask when I ask them, I don't say, "Are you struggling with pornography?" I actually say, <laughs> "When was the last time that you viewed pornography?" Uh, and it t it takes them it gets them off of guard because this is is such a common issue that uh, that we're not talking about. We're all sitting in silence. We're all hiding in the darkness of 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 shame around the emotional struggle that we're having, not even having an awareness that that's what we're even doing. We're just kind of acting on an urge without really thinking about it, just covering over the wound, yeah. not dealing with the pain. Um, and so when I asked them, uh, why wouldn't you uh, join the communities that we have at Outward Church? Why wouldn't you get help for this? And you've, you've shared with me before uh, I thought it was really, really insightful about like this hesitation a person would have to even admit they have a problem. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping you could share with me about that. Yeah. So this is where it gets really hard um, for me still, um, personally. I and mean, this is like something I still deal with all the time. Um, is uh, whenever, and this is maybe a little bit of a story, so we'll get there. But whenever I've gone to pornography or a coping mechanism, as we call it, like if I, anytime I've used something to cover up pain, um, I come out on the backside of it, like feeling this overwhelming sense of shame, uh, where it's like, man, I can't believe you just did that again. Like I should be able to change. I should have done that. And then there's this like immediate thought, like that hits the brakes of like, whoa, 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 you're okay. It's going to be all right. You're fine. And then you kind of like level out and you start to recover and you go about your day-to-day -day business. And then I realized like, wow, I keep going back to this over and over again. Um, and this has been something I've done for years. Uh, the reason why I never talk to people about it 
is that I was incredibly afraid, and I still am incredibly afraid to talk about it with a lot of people, honestly. Like, the shame of having anything to do with sex that's broken is just overwhelming for me. The rejection that can come from opening up and talking about it is, like, exponentially worse. Like, I'm so afraid of getting rejected. Um, and there have been times where I've had that reinforced where I'd like go tell someone, hey, you know, pornography is a problem in my life, and they go, I can't believe you would ever do such a thing. Um, and that's happened. But that rejection and that shame that like drives you to hide, that is the tool, that is a tool to drag you away from Jesus. Like that is a barrier to drag me away from Jesus. And I'm always afraid that someone's going to attack me and like someone's gonna reject me or they're gonna hate me which doesn't make any sense because everyone else is also doing it too, or a huge portion of people are doing, you know, pornography or sexual, has sexual sin of some sort. So like I said, pornography is not just like watching people have sex on the internet, but it's like the way you look at other people, the way you interact with other people. Um, those kind of like relationships, those emotional relationships we have with people can hit that same center of pornography in your brain or the same center that triggers in your brain. Um, but the shame, the rejection, the fear, um, those are big reasons why people don't, don't open up about it. The promises that we have in scripture is that we can have a renewed mind and a cleansed heart. Uh, we can start to develop new passions and, and new desires. We can be healed. These are the promises that are in scripture. Uh, but the, but the problem is we're in the dark. Okay. Because of shame, enemy, the enemy uses shame. They keep us in the dark, and we don't talk to each other about it. Because if we started talking to each other about it, we would, we would realize we're not so alone. We are not so, uh, so hideous and shameful that nobody should ever know about what, what is happening. We would realize this is a common struggle, and that what we find in God's Word is in, in, in the ministry of Jesus— is healing, real heart transformation and change. And so the first step is, and I identified so much with what you said, uh, the first step is, this actually is a problem. There's that moment right after a moment of indiscretion, right after where you realize, I'm lost, I'm hopelessly lost. And every moment thereafter, and this is something that you shared with me that, that stood out, Every moment thereafter now is a justification or a reassurance that says, uh, I'm not, I'm okay. No, I'm actually okay. I don't actually need help. I don't need to talk about this. I've got this under control. And then it happens again. Shame in that moment, that one moment, I need help. And then from that moment on, we're convincing ourselves we don't. Why do other methods not work? So if, if the first step then is, I need help. The things that we turn to typically will be accountability or, uh, you know, software blocking or, or whatever, right? Why, why do those things typically not work? Why do I not have success for the, with the self-help? Yeah. Um, from experience, I've done all these things and not saying that they don't work. Some people it works um, well for very few. Um, and I would say that the number is much smaller than we realize for who it works really effectively for and actually brings out true healing. Uh, the reason why is most programs like rubber band snapping, there's I run into guys all the time be like, I wear rubber bands so every time I look at a girl or a, a girl walking around with a rubber band on her wrist saying, every time I look at a guy wrong or uh, I snap myself. 
um, or the accountability stuff. It's like, oh, someone's going to catch you. It's always, it tends to be shame and rejection based. So you should be ashamed of yourself. We're going to put a camera on you so someone can catch you in your shameful act. Or you should snap yourself on the skin and cause yourself pain because you're not worthy. Like you, you deserve the pain for doing this. And obviously some people don't have that mindset towards it, but that's the baggage we see carried into like the group of guys I'm in right now, like where we don't do that. And we see more healing because it's not shame and rejection based. It's like we actually go down to find the root issue and heal it with the gospel, like with the Bible. Um, and the accountability staff, it, it's really challenging because you also have this standard of, I'm gonna have to get uh, uh, advice from someone who's also probably dealing with pornography too. And they're gonna have to tell me I'm a bad person or they're gonna have to address me and say, hey man, you shouldn't have done that. Um, but all those like rejection and shame uh, based approaches, uh, it's it's not good. Like it doesn't it doesn't actually lead to true healing. It ends up leading to more clamming up and more shame, which then leads back to pornography. Honestly, what I've appreciated that you share with me is that as guys come in looking to modify the behavior of viewing pornography, they become aware of the reason why they're doing it. And so what I want to talk about is is what then is different. What then is different about uh, getting into a community of men who get it and say, uh, I've, I've, I've been where you are. Uh, I am where you are. Um, let's be open and honest with each other coming into the light. Uh, people who, who see and know and understand the gospel, the gospel that says Jesus, Jesus is calling us to come as we are, and he's offering to to carry us, to help us, to, uh, to walk through these things with us, to heal us ultimately, and not just modify our behavior. So what, what would a person expect to see that's different when they come to be a part of the communities that we're offering at our church? Oh man, uh, a lot. <laughs> I think the first thing I remember is uh, you, don't, you realize that you're not, as, you're not worse than everybody. Um, <laughs> that was so embarrassing to realize, like, wow, yeah, I have a, a dark and broken life, but so do they, and so does that guy, and that one, and that one, and that one, and they're all here sharing it and being open and honest with each other. So, like, that honesty and realizing that I'm on a path with a bunch of other people was just incredibly overwhelming for me. Um, I think I might have spent some time crying about it the first, you know, couple times I had gone to a community of, like, there are other people doing this. Like there are other people struggling and they've been trying to fight against their flesh and Satan by themselves this whole time. And that's why we've been going to church together is to try to be closer and we just haven't gotten there. Um, that's different, that's different. Like you go deeper and you actually see the real hurts and brokenness with people. And that just is, for me is transforming. Like right out of the gate to know that there's other people who one care um, two who are honest and open. And then once we get there, three, they don't reject me. Like they didn't throw me out. Um, and then I, like, I'm so energized by that. Like the next guy that comes in and has something really heavy. I'm like, dude, you're right there with me. I'm not going to get rid of you. I'm not going to throw you away. Um, and that immediately tackles the pain and the fear that I had. Like that tackles the problem of they're not going to abandon me in this. Um, that was what I noticed. Uh, and then from there, obviously, we take steps to actually deal with the problems. You know, we don't just sit there and talk with each other about our problems all day. We actually address them. 
but we address it from a place of like you have a clean slate to work from instead of this baggage and trying to fix the baggage you have a clean slate before jesus it's really cool it is it is a commitment right you guys meet every monday night and we've got a new group starting up uh hopefully very very soon so we have but it is a commitment you meet every single week uh you stay committed to this this group of guys and and so we are uh focused on uh the man the wounds the injuries the hurt uh and and the behavior of course but there is impacts to the family too isn't there um you ha- maybe you could share your experience when you uh, maybe finally had a conversation with your wife. Oh, yeah. You're married. Yeah. Uh, like m- maybe this is the thing that that is keeping guys from reaching out and getting help. Maybe I can handle some other guys knowing about it, but I haven't even been able to talk to my wife about it. Yeah. So maybe you could share some of that. Uh, that's a super heavy topic um, because there are some relationships that do have enough brokenness between them already and there's a lot of tension that more healing needs to take place um and there are other communities and counseling uh, uh nights and meetings for that uh to be able to take place so you can prepare those kinds of conversations but my experience and a lot of the other guys experience in our group have been that they said i can never share this with my wife because i need to protect her like flat out they say i can't let her know because it will hurt her too much um would I realize that's just a lie? I mean, there's a huge lie in that in the sense of you aren't the Holy Spirit. You aren't responsible for your wife's protection in a spiritual sense. Obviously, we do have this spiritual leadership, and there's a biblical leadership where, like, hey, if we see something coming into our family, like, we, we chop it off. We get rid of it. If there's something uh, that's going to negatively affect your wife and your family, we fight against it. But this situation um, is is really funny, needs to be navigated very carefully because the lie guys get into telling themselves is that I've got to continue in secrecy, I've got to continue in shame because my wife will reject me. And that's fear, shame, and rejection all over again. That's what causes pornography. What I found out is that the more I opened up to this, the more I healed my relationship with Jesus, and the more I talked to even my wife about it, it caused a lot of pain, but we uprooted those roots of pain and healed them made progress and actually have a tremendously better relationship. Like when I mean tremendously better, I mean like we are closer and more in tune with each other than we've ever been. Um, It's a little frustrating to think that we had to go down a really painful path with pornography and talking about this stuff with each other because for a lot of guys, like it's not just pornography, but it's affairs and massage parlors and even sexual abuse towards them or other people. Um, Those things can be healed. Those things can be healed. Uh, and it takes a lot of work. The benefit of that is, is it creates deeper intimacy with the people around you, and that can include your wife too. It's a risk, but it can. The invitation from Jesus is to bring these things into the light. It's true in our relationships. It's true uh, with each other. We're, we're, we're invited to confess uh, to each other with the anticipation that we're going to be shown grace and forgiveness. We're going to be shown forgiveness. We're anticipating that. That's what Jesus gives to us and says, go and do the same. So um, I, I just want to thank you for being here. We, we have, you have something that, that you're offering. So our church is, is wanting to support, uh, you know, 
whoever is encountering this, whether this is uh, a wife who's who's uh, saying that, that she needs help for herself or maybe for her husband, uh, single people, uh, maybe even teens, we want to we want to um, put counseling support for the couple for the relationship. We want to uh, support the the wife uh, whose husband is struggling and vice versa. Uh, but maybe somebody still has some uh, hesitations to reach out, to be, like, known. Uh, number one, our communities are anonymous. It's a totally anonymous sign-up process. None of the staff at Outward uh, even knows that somebody has signed up. Oh, yeah. But maybe there's a half-step, and this is something that you've offered. A half-step before signing up, they want to talk to somebody about what would it be like to be a part of a community at Outward, you've offered to talk with them, yeah. right? And and we'll put, you know, we'll work out how that exactly happens. We'll put the number in the in the you know uh, description of the video. Uh, but what what are you offering to somebody who is considering being a part of this group? Yeah, uh, there's probably a lot of people who know who I am already and could probably recognize my face. Um, so it's like, hey, come talk to me. Um, I want to hear from you. It doesn't matter if you're a girl or if you're a guy or a kid. Um, we have communities for that already, which is really hard uh, for some people to acknowledge and see that there's have a safe place for them. Um, but you don't have to just dive right in because it can be scary. Honestly, just come talk to me. Um, there's been my wife is available too uh, to talk to. She's she's an incredible resource for all this to just be like, hey, I want to talk through this and see what you think about it. Um, we're here, we're open for that, and we're not going to reject you. Um, and we've been telling people that uh, as we meet them, it's like, man, you know, I know you've got a lot going on, but we're not going to leave you in this. We're not just going to abandon you, and we're not going to shame you. Um, we're going to be there with you in it. Um, so that's our offer for people. It's like, man, just come talk to us. Just open up about it. Um, don't, don't just keep it to yourself and your text messaging buddies, but like, come talk to me. Um, and I think I'm going to be able to understand. <laughs> There's a lot of people who understand. <laughs> I hope we fill these classes up. Not because we have uh, a huge issue in Outward. I know that we do. Oh, yeah. I hope we fill it up because we have guys who say, I'm done hiding. I'm done with shame. I'm done with the, sh the fear of rejection. Uh, and I want to bring this into light. I want the healing that Jesus has. Yeah. I hope we fill the classes up. I'm looking forward to it.